Welcome to Recovery at Pal. My name is Kelly, and I'm a recovering alcoholic, and I breathe by God's grace. We believe that God allows us to call out to Him just as we are, and that we are worthy of the love and the help of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. No matter what's holding you down, such as grief and loss, addiction, codependency, sexual integrity, or your loved one who suffers from addiction, we are all recovering from something. We recover with Jesus, the 12 steps, and we recover together as a community. You can find our recovery page at palchurch.com. Click on the recovery link to find out more about us. Visit with us Thursdays for a free meal, worship, and small groups. In the meantime, please take a deep breath, invite Jesus to sit with you, and enjoy this message of hope that follows. Hey, guys. Hey. Um, my recovery story includes alcoholism, childhood trauma, and struggles with control. And God's mercies are new over my life every morning. And He teaches me how to open my heart to Him one day at a time. And if it's your first time here tonight, or if you come every single week, or if you get to visit us tonight even from the bubble, praise the Lord. Welcome home tonight, you guys. It's, it's good to see everybody here tonight. Um, we're in the midst of Advent season. And just in case you um, weren't here last week or if you aren't really sure what Advent is, don't worry. You're not alone and you don't have to be afraid. There are many of us who don't really know or we've never heard that word Advent before. And I love introducing folks to Advents and I'm happy to walk us through what Advent is tonight. Advent is is defined as uh, the arrival of a notable person or event. And so when we consider that definition in the kingdom of God terms, Advent is the four preceding weeks leading up to Christmas to the birth of our Savior. And during these four weeks before our Savior King is born, within these four weeks known as the Advent season, we prepare our hearts for his birth. Each week we pray and we worship and we read scripture and we wait. And we're waiting and we're preparing our hearts to seek out and to see Jesus with fresh eyes. And we do that with an open heart. We study and we worship him and we understand that our heavenly father has sent his holy son, the Messiah, Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel, to save us from ourselves. And we prepare our hearts each week leading up to the day we celebrate his birth. And we continue to wait as well as Jesus has promised us that he will come again. And we anticipate and we watch for his arrival, his second coming, so that we may see him fully, so that we may experience all of his glory when he returns. That's Advent in a nutshell. So we look at special words each Advent season, which fill our hearts with the promise of Jesus. And those words are usually hope, peace, joy, and love. And for us in our sermon series for Advent, for our recovery, we're looking at words such as worth, home, pain, with, and surprise. Why have we chosen these words for Advent here at Recovery at Powell? Because the Advent season, and especially the Christmas season, is hard to face and walk through each winter in recovery. It's hard to do. And within our recovery journeys, we face challenges when it comes to worthiness, when it comes to our home life, our pain, our beliefs about ourselves and about Jesus. 
So my hope and my prayer for us in this Advent season is that we see that Jesus calls us worthy. He assures us that we have a home with him. He walks with us and he weeps with us and he carries our pain and he offers us his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and his return as the best Christmas present we will ever receive. So for this promise and the fresh understanding of who our Savior is for us, we're studying a book, uh, our study group on Thursday afternoons. It's called The Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah, and it's written by a Reverend Greg Taylor, and he says, and I believe this with my whole heart, that often and especially at Christmas time, we feel like we don't fit in anywhere. We're misfits, right? But Jesus makes that promise that he was created for us, and we were created for him. And because of his great love for us, we fit with him perfectly. Last week, we talked about the word worth. And although we feel we're misfits at Christmas time, Jesus has given us a new name. And he says we are worthy sons and we're worthy daughters as we carry his message, his good news, the gospel of the shepherd king to everyone we meet so that the next one that we see, that we know, that we can tell that they're worthy too. And tonight we look at the word home. As we prepare our hearts for the birth of the Savior, and especially as we work our recovery in our 12 steps, the word home, it causes anxiousness, doesn't it? It makes us nervous. We get homesick or we might even feel homeless. And we feel like misfits when we hear the word home at Christmas time, don't we? We're not sure there's room for us at home, physically or emotionally. And as we look at our scripture tonight, I believe we'll see some similarities in the story of a baby king who was born to save us from everything that makes us feel unwelcome and afraid. The earthly mother and the father of the Savior King, Mary and Joseph, they've traveled to Bethlehem to give birth to baby Jesus. And they've come upon an inn for shelter. In the message translation of the Bible, which we'll be reading out of tonight, the inn is referred to as a hostel. And we'll look at that word in just a little bit, and we'll break that word down. But Mary and Joseph have traveled long, and they are weary, and they seek shelter at this inn. And that's where we're going to begin with our scripture reading tonight. We're looking at the Gospel of Luke, and it's chapter 2, and it's verses 6 and 7. Hear these words. While they were there... Bethlehem, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn, and she wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. Will y'all pray with me? Sovereign Father, hallowed be thy name. Lord, tonight, we offer our hearts and we thank you for our Savior, Jesus, who was born so that we may know we have a home with him and with you. Father, will you allow us to see the birth of Jesus with fresh eyes? Will you offer us security and love so that we may rest safely at home, always in your arms? We long for this, Father. We long 
to feel safe and we long to see Jesus in ways that we never have before. Please breathe upon us by your Holy Spirit and cover us with the promise of the Savior who loved us first and best. It's in the name of Jesus that we offer you this prayer. Amen. There are two very important words which I want to make sure we have an understanding of that we um, heard in the scripture tonight as we prepare our hearts for Jesus in this Advent season. And it especially applies to us as misfits. The words are manger and hostile. Not to be confused with hostile. Two different things. All right. So let's break down the manger first, and then we're going to break down the word hostile. So the manger... There's always a first time, right, when we're either a child or even a teenager or an adult, when we hear the story of the baby Jesus and we hear the words, she wrapped him in a blanket and she laid him in a manger. And it sounds lovely, doesn't it? It sounds cozy and it sounds uh, like a sweet dream and it sounds like a sweet baby swaddled inside his blanket, lying in a little baby bed. But that's not what a manger is. A manger is a long, open box which cows and horses feed out of. It's a feed trough. Now, the manger is also located outside at the inn, at the hostel. And the manger is a place where weary travelers bed down their animals for the night. And there's food and there's water in the manger for the animals to refresh themselves. And the humans go inside to sleep at the inn after they pay a small fee. And the next morning, the animals and the people, their owners, they continue on their journey to their planned destination until they can stop and they can rest again. So the manger is not cozy. The manger is not warm. There's no hot chocolate and there's no cookies, right? So it's cold, it's hard, it's wooden, and it's dirty. And it's not a normal place any mama would allow her baby to sleep in if she has a choice. Now, the hostel is the inn. The scripture says there was no room in the hostel. So let's look at that word. A hostel is essentially a very small, compact, little, itty-bitty, tiny little motel. And the spaces are smaller than even an efficiency apartment, very tiny. And the hostel is an establishment that usually provides food and lodging to a group of travelers at a very low cost. And the cost is really low because everyone is going to claim or to rent basically just a bed overnight. And they're going to eat a small little snack that the innkeeper provides. And they'll share anything else that they need, such as facilities to prepare themselves for the next journey the next day. So it's going to be crowded and it's going to be cheap. In other words, it's uncomfortable, but it is indoors. Now you have the image of the hostel. So when we read our scripture, it says, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. So now we put ourselves in that time, in that space, when Jesus, our Messiah, our King, was born with a new understanding of the words in the Scripture. The innkeeper turned Mary and Joseph and the baby King of God's kingdom away 
from any available shelter inside the hostel. And the baby, on his very first Christmas night, his home was a manger. It was a feed trough. Now, the first time we heard the baby Jesus story, that's not exactly what we pictured in our hearts and in our minds, is it? No. So when Jesus, the promised Messiah, arrived, there was no room for him. No room in the hostel. No room in the heart of the man running the hostel either, the innkeeper. The door to his heart was closed. There was no room. So Mary and Joseph and the parents of the royal king slept outside, and Jesus slept in a manger in a feed trough, humbly and lowly. And I have so many questions for that innkeeper, right? I think about what would I have asked him if I would have been there because you just turned Jesus away. So everyone has been prophesied to about the coming Messiah. Everyone was watching for the Messiah and everyone was waiting for Jesus. He was to be the promised savior of a very oppressed people. So the innkeeper, just like everyone else, would have been watching for their king. So he must not have known that Mary held the promised Messiah in her arms. That had to be it. That's the only real reason that I can think of, surely, that the innkeeper would have turned Jesus away. He didn't know who Jesus was. He didn't recognize him. Otherwise, he would have jumped immediately at the chance to show hospitality to Jesus, right? Maybe. What about us these days? We watch for Jesus. We wait for Jesus. We even call out to him for help, don't we? Have we always responded lovingly and immediately to Jesus as we are pursued by his grace? At least I can speak for myself, and and the answer is definitely no, not always. There are many times in my life, especially before sobriety, and if I'm honest, even sometimes blindly in my recovery and in my sobriety, that I, I don't make room for Jesus in my heart. I didn't give him my heart as his home to dwell in. At the same time, I searched for a home, a safe place, when Jesus was already right there in front of me. We have had all kinds of homes, haven't we? Some of us have had really happy homes, warm and inviting, full of laughter and of love, and some of us here tonight have never been able to experience that happiness yet. Some of us have lost our loved ones who used to live life to the fullest, and now our homes are lonely and it feels empty. Some of us grew up in homes which were very unstable because of addiction or because of harms that were done. And we never knew really what to expect from one day to the next. Some of us have lost our homes because we've lost our jobs. Or we had to go through a divorce or a breakup and we were forced out of our home. Some of us have apartments while our kids live in the home we were forced out of. Some of us have no home. And we dream of what that could look like for our futures. And some of us have even given up on that dream because of our addiction or because of our loved one's addiction. And even when we recover, we often feel there's no room for us. There's no place that we can call home. And especially there's no room at Christmas. Not for us. Home is hard. And oh my goodness, it was so hard for Jesus to find a home for him too, to find a safe place. Jesus understands since the very first night, homeless, lying in a lonely manger, what it was like 
searching for a place to fit in, just like us. There's no room for our King Jesus on the very first Christmas night on this earth. There was no room for Jesus in the hostel. There was no room for the Messiah in the innkeeper's heart. And if we're honest, we haven't made much room for Jesus in our hearts either. And we've allowed our Savior to stay outside in the cold, forgotten, locked out of our hearts. As we've given up everything for our people and our places and our things. We've dreamed of a home manufactured by our own will, and that never works out. It doesn't last. We've tried it all our way over and over again, and it just doesn't seem to work. So in this Advent season, can we make room for him to enter into our hearts? It's harder than it sounds. It's really hard. It's not easy. Will we, con- will we continue to demand and force ourselves into what we think home should be? Or will we finally make room for Jesus to offer us a safe place with him first? Will we allow Jesus to show us what home really is? I believe he teaches us through our recovery journeys what home can be for us. So let's um, learn from him tonight how to make room. How do we make room for Jesus? How do we find home? We got to surrender. I know it's a bummer. We got to surrender. We have to surrender our old ways to him. There's no other way. We got to loosen our grip and we have to admit our old ways just don't work. Can we do that tonight? I'm the first to admit that um, my old ways, they're familiar. They're familiar to me. Our old ways, even when they don't work, they feel like a warm blanket, don't they? They're strangely um, comforted by the chaos of our insecurities. Everything we've lost, everything or everyone we're trying to control, every time we hide, every time we build our walls of protection, we stay in our places of isolation and addiction and grief and loneliness because we know what to expect. It's familiar. We remain comfortable in the uncomfortable and we don't trust people or institutions. So of course, we believe that we cannot trust Jesus. But as we choose to live in that place of rebellion, we live in a place where our hearts cannot see him and we cannot hear him. We cannot feel the presence of Jesus and we, we don't welcome him in either. What if we admit that our ways no longer fit? What if we have to surrender to his love and we just crack open that door of our hearts just a little bit? We let Jesus in and we give him some space in our hearts and we make a little room. He can break down every door and he can break down all of our walls. If we just let him in, he fits in our God-shaped hole in our hearts. Nothing else does. And we surrender our old ways to him. We sense his love and his truth over our lives and we realize his way is better. So he's willing to be at home with us. We already know that. Can we be willing to be at home with him? When we surrender all of our old ways to Jesus, our King, we make room in our hearts for him. Where can we make room? Where can we find home? Where is home? I think it's a very valid question for our recovery tonight. Where do we fit in? Because we've tried to fit in everywhere, haven't we? Whether we um, were welcome or unwelcome for Christmas, we've dreamed of what our home should look like, 
at Christmas, exactly what it should be like, look like, smell like, feel like, twinkle like, all those things. So where is home? Because our expectations have been shattered. Where can we go to be sure that we're home? As we studied our uh, Little Misfits book for our small group for this this sermon series, the answer was, home is where I feel safe. That's pretty much what all of us said in our study group. We want to be safe. So if we want to make room for Jesus in our hearts, we need safety. We long for a safe place where we can come to church. Our church can be our safe place. Amen. We can walk into the door at recovery. This can be our home, especially at Christmas time. Recovery can be that safe, that safe place where we can dwell, where we can make room for Jesus. It's our small groups. It's our anonymous meetings. It's our home groups. We feel safe in our circles for recovery with our safe people. We share with our sponsors and we share with our recovery family. We're safe within our family of choice, not necessarily our family of origin. Amen. That's where we're loved. And where we're loved in our safe place, we experience the love of our Savior, our Messiah, our King, and we can make room where Jesus tells us that we are safe. Now, perhaps as we ask, how do we make room and where do we make room? Perhaps the real question is who? Ultimately, the whole thing called Christmas, it's about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. Jesus is our home. He always has been. When we look for home, we search for love and he loves us in such a way that we've only dreamed of in our past. And his love has been there for us since the beginning. And it's, it's all of our old ways that we've dreamed of and we've wished for love and we got to give all of that away. Jesus makes the promise that he's been with us all along. God loves us so extravagantly that he sent us a savior king, a child born for our transgressions to save us from all of our harms that have been done to us. It's his love so true. And it's almost, we can't really comprehend it, can we? It's hard to imagine that it's true, but it is. As Jesus grows into a man and he lives out into his ministry for us with his disciples, he gives his followers, his misfits, such simple and clear instructions that as uh, we as a people, I think we've continued just to run from generation to generation from these really simple instructions. We've been given um, all of our love away this whole time. And our hearts are crowded with stuff, and yet we're still empty. We got our chemicals, we got our losses, and we got our circumstances. We've loved anything familiar that doesn't serve us, leaving no room for the one who loves us best. And Jesus tells us how to do it. He says, hey, it's me, Emmanuel, God with us. I am your home. See how, his, see how he loved his disciples, his beloved misfits, so sweetly and so simply. We're going to look at it in the Gospel of John, and it's chapter 15, verse 9. I've loved you the way my Father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. Norman Rockwell was a famous artist and a painter who lived from 1894 until 1978. 
He created beautiful images and portraits for a publication named the Saturday Evening Post for almost five decades uh, of his life. Rockwell often painted pictures for the, for the publication which circulated throughout the entire nation. And it was full of color and it was full of life and it was full of a culture as time progressed. And Rockwell was quite, was quite famous for many of his holiday images as he painted them for Christmas. And people all across America looked upon his images for Christmas, and they dreamed of that better life, a better family, and a better home. And his pictures told of a family and a place where there was no hurt and there was no hunger. Every need seemed to have been met by material things. Christmas was portrayed in these pictures as shiny and sparkly and rich and full. And Rockwell was actually criticized uh, by many renowned, renowned artists because his pictures, although they were beautiful and full of high expectations, they didn't really illustrate real-life situations. His critics would say he persuaded his followers to search for a life or to search for a home that was never attainable and certainly not real. Some critics would even say that Rockwell was counting on this image of love to encourage a culture to pursue the understanding of more. It's the perfect family. It's the perfect dinner. It's the perfect Christmas tree. But where is there illustrated a perfect Savior in any of these pictures? For many of us, love from our childhood stories of Jesus looked like this picture. The manger where the baby Jesus would lay. The lighting is perfect and the hay and the sweet swaddling clothes, everything's perfect. Holding our Savior King in the warmth and in the inviting cradle. But what love most probably looked like as Jesus made his home here on earth with us is this major. It's a long open box. It's a feed trough. That's a manger. It's where the livestock would refresh themselves after a long day's journey. And that manger, or on um, anything that you might see in your mind, anything that you might have an image of in your heart, anything in a magazine, anything that's on social media for that matter, it's not going to look like this manger. But more than likely, that's what love looked like when Jesus appeared here on earth. It's not the love we expected. And it's not the love that we thought was true. And yet he is the Messiah. Jesus made his home there and he desires to make his home in our hearts tonight. As our long-awaited Messiah was born in Bethlehem and placed in a manger, there was no room for him in the innkeeper's heart. There's no room in our hearts. And our Messiah who we watched for, who we waited for and dreamed of, he didn't fit in. We're misfits. And we keep searching for a home at Christmas time. And finally, as we prepare our hearts in this Advent season, we see our Savior with fresh eyes. How we can make room for him, how do we do that? We surrender our old ways to him fully. Where can we make room for him? We find a safe place and we find safe people. And who do we make room for? It's Jesus. He is our home and he loves us best. 
Love came down to make his home with us. And we are at home with him. That's where we fit. And Jesus declares to us tonight, I've loved you the way my father has loved you. Make yourselves at home in my love. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As you journey into your next moment or your next 24 hours of recovery, know that you are worthy, loved, and welcome at Recovery at Powell any Thursday night from 5.45 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. Check us out online at powellchurch.com and visit the recovery link for more information. Let's close with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is and not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and the next. Amen.